On today's podcast, we are going to talk about how to start investing. We're going to go through step one, two, and three of building your team, building your strategy, and getting your money ready. This is The Investing Revolution, a podcast designed to help your real estate investment strategy. On this podcast, we'll teach you the actionable steps to take and pitfalls to avoid so that your real estate investing can thrive. Welcome to The Investing Revolution. I am your host, Jonathan Cook, and with me is our co-host, Christine Bennett. Hi. How are you today? Well, you know, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. You know, it's it's one of those, it's it's actually, it was very comfortable today. Like it's it's a little bit crisp outside. It's it's starting spring. It's exciting times. Things are things are getting fun, you know. Yeah. It's 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 a good time of the year. Yeah. I and agree. You, you know what else is a good time for? What's that? Investing in real estate. But it's always a good time for investing in real estate. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, it's always it's kind a good of time. an always thing, but yes. It is an always thing, but let's Let's, for the sake of the podcast and the listeners, let's talk about today how to actually start your real estate investment, like, like from the start. This, this is, this is, uh, you know, event horizon. You've just crossed the edge. I've gotten the idea that I want to invest in real estate. How do I do that? It's a good thing that I've ran across this podcast because we're gonna walk you through it all the way from start to finish. How about that? Agreed. You? And it's, we don't want to have analysis paralysis. We want oh, to God. just kind of lay it out there. Yeah. And, and I want everyone to, that's, that's listening to understand that the, the reason that we're going to try and get so granular in this is because I see it constantly as, as our BDM, Christine, you see it too. We will start talking with real estate investors that, that come to both of us and are gung ho, ready to invest in real estate. Look, I'm, I'm ready to go. I know everything that I'm going to do. And I'm like, cool. What's your strategy? Who's your team? What have you got going on? What areas are you looking for? Mm -hmm. What is your end goal? And they will just look at me with their eyes glazed over and they're like, I watched HGTV and I thought this was a good idea. <laughs> It seems I, I read I read one of your LinkedIn posts. Real estate investing is the greatest hedge against inflation, and I thought it was a good idea. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's rewind that. Let's, let's take a step back. Let's, let's back it up. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, and, and so when I am giving someone advice on what do you do, how, how do you actually get started? The first thing that I will always say before we start working on your strategy, before you go and find your funding, before you do anything, the first thing that I think everyone has to do is consider and build a team. A team can be one person. Of course it can be. I mean, like it can be, but you have to have a massive amount of knowledge, expertise, certifications for Pete's sakes. You have, to, you have to have a lot of information if you are your only team member. And also your life is going to be 24 hours a day you're working in this business. So building a team, in my opinion, is that's step one. So I think the thing to remember is to be the source of the source. So even when you're looking at it from you know, I'm the investor. I want to do this. 
be be aware of the fact that there are experts in each different you know type of investing mm-hmm. or parts of the investment so like you said you need a team what is the team yeah absolutely and and you as the investor you are part of the team you are i mean it's it's like having a good um, owner of a NFL team. That's that's actually a pretty good analogy. You have to have a good general manager to put together the the actual team itself, right? I mean, in that baseball or any sport or really any business. I mean, um, I've worked for people that that were excellent at building a team, but the individual operating stuff. They might not be the best at this, that, or the other thing, but that's how you build a company. That's how you build a business. And guess what real estate investing is, Christine? It's a business. Wow. I think that's another thing that some people forget. Yeah, of course. You know, if you want to invest, it's no longer a hobby. Well, that's, I think that's, you just hit it. Like, I think most people start out with this because like I said earlier, they've seen it on TV or they've read it on social media or they've heard a podcast and they, they start this out as a hobby. Mm-hmm. And this is a dangerous hobby. <laughs> it, is a, it is a shockingly dangerous hobby if you are doing this as a hobbyist. Yes. Yeah. Th- th- there's, there's a major monetary uh, you know, investment in all versions of this. And you can really go downhill quick. And time too. Yeah, and of this course. Is the other, this is the reason that you do want to have an efficient team. Mm-hmm behind you. So, you know, we talked about, we talked about the team, but what does that mean for an investment? What does that mean for this new business venture that you're going to do? And obviously, you know, you need an agent. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people you, you can what, what, sell her out. If you were building a team, let's say you, you, let's say we're not property managers. Let's say we're not real estate agents. Yep. Uh, st- like, let's just lay out the team members. What are like, let's build it like it was a football team or whatever. So you need, what do we got here? We got an agent. Mm-hmm. You need a CPA. You need a CPA. You, you need, need a decent attorney. A property manager. You need a property manager, obviously. Um, title company. A lender. Lender. Yeah. So, and there, there might be some additional specialists that you could add to it, but I think for like the base core part of the team, those are probably the most important members, right? And, and some of those can do double duty for sure. I mean, a, a property manager, several property managers are also licensed agents. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, both of us are. Oddly, neither of us actually sell that many properties uh, because we do significantly more things and, and, and writing an offer is not a thing that I can justify spending time to do, which is why we make relationships and partnerships with really good investment agents. That's, exactly. that's part of it. And, and finding, so if we're talking about building a team, how do you find the right agent, the right property manager, the right CPA, attorney, title, mortgage? Uh, I think the first one that you need to recognize while you're building this team, <clears throat> the one that's going to do the most heavy lifting for a real estate investment especially if it's going to be something that you're renting out, it's probably going to be your property manager. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about property management is we tend to have our own versions of teams because this is such a day-to-day operation. None of us are solo. It's very, very rare to find a property manager that is a solo property manager. Yes. And as far as efficient, you really need like uh, you need a team as a property management yep. company. I think we all can agree on that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so when we're talking about teams and specialties and all of that, you kind of, you really have to know what your strategy is going to be for mm-hmm. your investment. I mean, what, what yeah. do you want to do with it? Is it yeah. long-term, short-term? Well, I mean, cause exactly. So it's, it's back to that whole, you know, they've seen it, they've heard it. They've, they've got such a surface level version of what real estate investing is. It is hard to pick a, your team member. If you don't have a strategy in mind, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And we will dive deep into strategies much later on, but specifically. So if, if, if you don't know what your strategy is yet, I think the best way to handle how do you develop your strategy is to look at where do you want your profit from this investment to come from, right? What is your time frame? What is your goals? Are you looking to cash out some big capital? You know, I want to buy a property at $100,000. I'm going to use round numbers because it's easier math in my head here. I'm going to spend $100,000 buying a property. I'm going to put $20,000 into the renovations. I'm going to sell it for $150,000 and I'm going to cash out my $30,000 difference. Like that, I think, is what everybody thinks is the base level version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a flip. That's, that's a quick strategy. And you have to understand if that's what you're looking for, you need to grasp what that strategy is. That's, that's a, in that purely hypothetical and like, that would be an ideal no brainer. Like, Oh, if I only need to put 20 grand into this hundred thousand dollar investment and I can sell it for one fifty, Yeah. Everybody would buy that. That's, those are going to be very rare and difficult to find that. And you have to look at your risk tolerance. Yeah. Where where are you right now? Yeah. Does that make sense for you? Are you mm-hmm. are you looking to just build cash liquidity? Are you looking for the long term, uh, the long play? You have to know which makes the most sense for you in a global financial position of your finances. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so like okay, so real estate investing. Let's talk about the different ways in which the income can come from that. You can actually have monthly income from a real estate investment with, with a rental property. Um, you can have monthly income plus eventual capital gains on like a turnkey property, a burr type of strategy, things like that mm-hmm. works. You can have, you can spend your money in a very risk averse way and buy some really nice, you know, affluent property that you're not actually cash flowing at all. But like, I get that buying in this area is a pretty safe investment. I'm going to rent it for a long period of time. And buy, and if you're young and you're like, I'm planning to retire and cash the difference out on this in 20 or 30 years, there's that's a whole different strategy. All these are entirely different strategies. And and where the, the profit comes from that is going to be wholly different. The amount that you can make is wholly different. It's entirely separate strategies. It's all real estate investing, right? Mm -hmm. But without a direct targeted strategy, you end up all over the place. I'm going to buy this $500,000 investment over here. Oh, I'm going to spend the, I'm going to buy this $120,000 investment over here. Oh, I'm going to buy this million dollar thing here. I'm going to buy land. And you end up with that really weird sporadic investing where none of it makes sense. And you try and compare one to the other. Well, this one right here, I've never had an eviction on. And, and like the tenant's been in there for, you know, eight years. And they're paying $4,000 a month. Well, guess what? That's like a really nice house in a really nice area. So like you're kind of expecting that. And so it's not going to operate the same as your $60,000 investment that you have over in this C-class area that you're making massive amounts of cash flow on. They're not going to 
even operate the same. The day-to-day operation of them is going to be so vastly different. You're going to run into different risk things. You're going to see, you're going to have evictions in one, probably you're going to have delinquency in one, which you might not see in the other. I mean, it's, it's a whole different world between even one of the, each one of the strategies. So I think we've both seen portfolios like that, where it's, yeah. you know, they were going with one strategy to begin with mm-hmm. in order to, you know, maybe build capital for the next type of investment. Sure. We see that all the time. I think the the key though is when when you bite the bullet and you do it, you have to consistently keep looking at the portfolio. Is it cash flowing? Where do I have additional tax shelter? You know, um, yeah, it's a it's a class B or C property, but it's still it's still make it's yielding a profit. So yep. you just have to constantly look at it and that's the difference I think that revolution offers is we, we will help yeah. do that three-year plan for people. So, and, and that's one of the neat things that we've been doing recently is we have been offering uh, strategic investment sessions with our new clients. And, and it, that's a really fun thing to watch somebody that did not start their investment process with us. They've come to us and said, Hey, you know, Jonathan, I've got this property that I want rented. And then, you know, they start talking to me and they're like, okay, I really want to learn more about real estate investing. Great. So let's talk about what your property is. When, when we get you onboarded, you know, we have, uh, the consulting stage here, the consulting stage has a, you know, monetary value. This is how we pay for that. And, and, you know, it's, we make it pretty reasonable for people. And so they, they, sign up for that uh, consulting stage and we discuss their individual property. Okay. So I don't know if this was your goal, but this is how this property will operate. And I think that's so eye-opening from the start when somebody just jumps in mm-hmm. and they're like, Hey, this is my property. And then I give them a three-year pro forma and they're like, Oh, that's not what I was expecting. And I'm like, what were you expecting? And they don't have an answer, Christine. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mind blowing. Well, I see that. That's the other thing is we, so I like to, align myself with agents who get it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a difference between an agent who specializes in a, um, transaction that it's going to be an owner occupant, first time home buyers completely different than an agent who really understands, you know, an investment and what that looks like on paper. And if that, you know, they're looking in the right area, the right type of property, to get what the investor wants. Exactly. And that's why we're, I really like to align myself with. Well, and who... that's, that's back with building that yep. really good, solid team. Once you find that agent that isn't just throwing out buzzwords, although there are several that, that throw out buzzwords mm-hmm. and don't really know what they mean. But when you find that agent that, that actually understands the difference between a cap rate and a cash on cash return and like true cash flow and a, a burr strategy, like a real burr strategy, Mm-hmm. And like, once you found, found an agent that really grasps how real estate investing works and what all the strategies are and how that, and most of the time, the people that I meet that, that understand that we're property managers, it's really more like me and you and a handful of other people. And then you run into so very rarely you run into those occasional real estate agents, which I actually have a few of them. And I know you do too, yep. that, that, that get this in a way that it's like, okay, it's not perfect because they don't operate in our business. Mm-hmm. I mean, they operate in the sales aspect of it, but they don't actually run those day-to-days. And I think a PM ends up having that extra 
because we just have more data points than an agent does, right? Like we have maintenance numbers and we have like turnover ratio and I, we have a lot of different KPIs that, that your average agent is not going to have. We just see it every day. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we operate in it. Yep. But once you found that, all right, there's your agent. The one that, the one that knows what we're looking for and actually can direct you to the location because that's the important part of the agent, right? It's not just, okay, you understand what my strategy is. Where will this strategy operate the best? Cause that's step three. Like you, you've, you've built your team. Step one, step two, you've built your strategy. You've understood what your profit's going to be. Step three. All right. Where is this area going to, wh- where am I going to put this money? And step step four is probably finding the money. Maybe step three is finding the money actually. And then it's step four is actually targeting that area where to put the money. Right. And that's the importance of that agent is he's going to be able to a local talented investment agent is going to be able to say, all right, so this strategy that you're looking to do, it's going to work best in, you know, here's these, here's this big city. Here's this big Metro. If you go to these streets right here, there's mm-hmm. exactly, you know, there, there's uh, 300 homes in this one small little block. All of them were built in this time. They have this type of uh, structure. They're all going to be this kind of area. These are the rents that they should generally get. And that will fit this strategy, right? Yep. Like that's, that's the importance of that. Um, your property manager probably is a good person to help you with that as well, because they're going to understand the rent values a little bit cleaner than an agent will yeah. typically. Yeah. And that's why we work alongside with them. Yeah, right? of course. It's our, it's our greatest referral. Yeah, it absolutely is. Good um, then, okay. So I, I, I think, I think now it's time to talk about getting the actual money to put this in here. Right. Cause that's, that's, that's what I think part. everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> I know that's your favorite part, Yeah, so, but I also think everyone probably was expecting that to be step one. Like I've got to get money somehow to go buy this stuff. Step one is build this team. You, if you get money and you don't have a team, cool, you have money. What are you going to do with it? Yep. Uh, then you start struggling. Just sit there. Step two, you've got to understand when you want your money to come out of it. How do you want your strategy to work? Where do you want your property to come from? Step three, actually. So before you actually pick your area, now it's time to go get money, Christine. Mm-hmm. I do like money. Yeah. So, and I do like finding money. And I think this is the, this is the, the part that is really important in, again, building your team, you know, having a network of, of people who know how to do these things, know where to find the capital. There's so many creative ways to find, to raise funds for an investment. I mean, hard money, equity lines, home equity lines, uh, friends and family. We've seen a ton of people who will, you know, loan money from, uh, loan money to friends and family and, you know, take a percentage out of it. I've seen people decide strategically. And this is, I think the whole, the whole concept of what we're trying to say here is strategically plan your investment. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the real golden nugget here is take the time to plan what you want to do, how you want to do it, who's going to help you do that. Um, but I've seen people decide that they're going to actually take money out of a retirement account because of, what it's yielding now versus mm-hmm. what they can do with it in real estate. Now I'm not advocating for it necessarily, but it's, it's one of those things that you, when you want to find the money, you'll, you'll find it. Sure. So let's, that's a pretty good overview of what, mm-hmm. what this episode is about and what, what we're trying to get across. Um, let's, 
let's talk granularly about, and we have talked about the agent, right? So we understand what we're looking for in an agent. We know for mortgage lender, that's, that's part of what we're talking about here for finding the money. A CPA will talk about that. Let's granularly, granularly. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, finding the right people to put in your team. Let, let's mm-hmm. like, how do you do that? How do you find an agent? Cause w- I mean, we might have listeners that are not going to just call me and say, Jonathan, Christine, find me a house. Mm-hmm. So ha- what, what would you do? I'm building a team. I need to find an agent. How do you find the right agent? We know the right agent, so that's great, but we've already done it. We, we put in a lot of work to find those agents. What did you do to find the right agent to start building this team? So me, I'm looking at a couple of things. Okay. I'm looking at how active they are. Okay. You know, are they plugged in to the local, you know, realtor association or if, if that's, you know, if they're not, that's mm-hmm. fine too. I'm looking at production. Okay. I'm looking at knowledge, you know, I'm, I'm calling them and I'm just kind of picking their brain to see if they understand it mm-hmm. and they understand what I'm trying to accomplish. Um, I fact checked. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really am just, I'm looking for someone also who is diligent and responsive. Okay. So what do you look for? Okay. Specifically when I start to look for an area. Okay. So when I moved to Georgia mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, I'm changing markets. I'm, I'm going to dial in and I'm going to find my version of that agent. Right. Yep. So the first step before I started calling people to make sure that they weren't numbskulls <laughs> before I did that, the very first step that I actually did is I opened up the multiple listing service. I opened up MLS and just started looking at properties. Right. And because I know what kind of properties do what, because I have an extensive knowledge on how real estate investing works. I've been doing this for years. This is what I've been doing since I was an adult. Like I know the properties to target. I don't need help finding the properties to target. But you know what I did need was that agent. And so I started looking at properties that would fit each individual mold, right? So so I sat down probably in my first handful of weeks uh, here in Georgia. I was like, all right, so I'm going to break out all my strategies. Here's the cash flow strategy. All right. So in the cash flow strategy, let me find some properties that work for cash flow. I started looking at Griffin. I started looking at College Park. I started looking at all these um, you know, more rural outside of the city center, but mm-hmm. you know, high rents, lower price points. And they were distressed homes. They were very clearly like investment properties. And so I started looking at those properties and taking note of who the listing agents were on all of them, right? Yeah. So all right, oh, this guy right here. This, oh, this guy has 12 of the, you know, 20 properties that I think are the best versions of this. And I was specifically targeting the ones that I thought were probably going to be the best investments in the end. I was like, I started tagging. All right. So this one guy has this many listings in this area and they all seem to be really good areas. So then I call him, ask him about what he thought about it. Um, And actually the first guy I called was super, super, super knowledgeable. Um, he really did grasp what we were looking at here. He had a very, and, and what's funny, I think, is most of the time when I run into those agents, they're very much like me in terms of like, it's numbers, man. Like, we're just going to talk about the numbers here. That's why I think production's important. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. 
it's it's all it's all about the numbers like he's like i mean you can go see them i guess if you want to go look at them but i mean like they're they're not in great shape we're aware of that um it's gonna roughly take probably this much money to change them over and get them ready going but like we recognize that the arv is going to be pretty high and like this guy clearly like he he's saying the right buzzwords but he's saying them properly this guy very clearly understands what he's saying he's not just throwing out you know, terms that he's learned on some podcast. You which, know what I love too is when you're vetting an agent in a mm-hmm. new area or new market and they're like, you know what? I don't think this is right for you. Yeah. And oh God. That is usually what makes me gravitate towards someone sure. like that because I'm, I'm sharing, Hey, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And when they are telling me, no, this is not a good idea for mm-hmm. this reason. That's where I I really respect that. And yeah. it's usually the agent that I'm knocking down the door and I want to get referrals. To. Absolutely. And that's, that's the ones that we find. And mm-hmm. then, so I, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, and I did that with every step of what this is. What's really neat is when I found the agents that had overlapping strategies, I was like, all right, this guy's a cash flow guy. And then I find him also in like long-term buy and hold kinds of properties too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa there, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I do these too. And I'm like, so this guy actually gets it right. And then that's yeah. the kind of guy that like you, and like, he would also be, he's the same kind of guy that would be, yeah, don't buy this for that. Cause that's not going to work. But, yep. and, and that's it. Cause it's, it's verifying the knowledge that they have and they clearly understand it. So that's, that's how I find an agent. I yep. spend a lot of time looking at properties and then I ask them and like part of what you can do to verify that if you understand the process here, you can ask them specific questions like, oh, would this be a good long-term buy and hold on something that's clearly not? Let's see what they say. And yeah. if they're like, yeah, okay, well, may- maybe they understand a little bit. Maybe they can help you with contracting, but clearly they're not the one, or maybe they have some scruples about them that maybe we don't want to play with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, it happens. Yeah. So you've got an agent now. Our... our our hypothetical new investor, you have an agent. Um, do you find a mortgage broker next or do you find a property manager next? We're property managers. So Obviously I haven't looked. Bias. Yeah. yeah. I, I haven't have looked for a property manager in a long time, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But I think it's as important as literally finding the agent. I think finding a property manager is as important as discussing what kind of strategy you want. I think finding a property manager, and we are biased, I get it. Uh, we're we're going to have a whole episode specifically about why finding a property manager is so important. We don't have time to dive into an hour long conversation about all the things that we do. Um, but it's superbly important. Uh, what, what is it about searching for a property manager? Let's, let's put them in a market that we have no interest in ever going to, uh, let's say Portland. Portland is a good area that it, uh, it's a, good area hypothetically for it's probably not a great real estate investment area but let's let's pretend pretend. that we're investing in portland i don't want us to ever be in portland just because it's so far away from us and i don't think it fits how we operate so if you're looking for a property manager in portland christine Mm -hmm. what are you looking for so i am looking for a lot of things (laughs) and that's because of my hats Mm -hmm. but if i can go back 10 years and think about what I would have looked for and did look for actually was I wanted, I wanted an organized company. I wanted to know that they had the tools and resources. I wanted to know that they were experts in their local market. Mm-hmm. 
and how to manage a property effectively. I wanted to make sure that they were a good fit for my property. So okay. you don't want a, you know, if they're not accustomed to handling a, a you know, B, B class property or vice versa, A, a class property. Or C. There's or a lot C, of, there's a, you know, there's a, there are several property managers that I, I know very well that hate C class properties. Yeah. If they're not accustomed to it, yeah. they're not a good fit. I, I totally get it. You know, you have to look at that. I also, me, I wanted to make sure that they understood what I needed to accomplish. So mm. again, going back 10 years ago, what I wanted to do was just hang on to the property. Um, I wasn't really worried about making a monthly profit. Sure. I was looking more of, Hey, I want this to appreciate while I'm doing life. <laughs> and, and that was fine. You know, and actually I, I did make a monthly mm -hmm. profit, on sure. a small monthly profit. Thanks but something. to that management company. Yeah. Cause they kind of, you know, they made sure maintenance was in check and, and it was great. Um, so ultimately, oh, we go back. Where does, when, when does pricing come into play? Well, I'm just going to say, so mm -hmm. also it comes down to the relationship. So, yeah. I mean, if I know Which this is a great sales pitch for us, by the way, <laughs> listen, we have like, okay. So listeners, not for anybody to take, get the wrong idea. We are property managers. We do this. This is what we actually do. Mm -hmm. We have a major bias in this field, hundred percent. I just want to be very clear that we have a bias, but the reason that we have that bias is because this is what we do all day, every day. And we take in properties that were managed by really bad companies all the time. And to go from a company that doesn't understand how to operate in an investment, if they exclusively work with accidental landlords, and, and, and that's not a term that we've used yet. So I want, I want to, dive into that just for a second. An accidental landlord is somebody who's not intentionally looking to go and invest. They've, they've inherited a property. They accidentally grabbed it. They moved and they couldn't sell. Like that is a whole different mindset from operating an intentionally, an intentional investment property. You have to, you have to collect money differently. You have to treat the tenants differently. You have to figure out different ways to grab profit from these properties. So I need to disagree here completely because oh, my bias shocking. Well, yeah, obviously we're going to fight Jonathan. We knew that was going to happen. Hurtful. So my bias comes from, I tried property management yeah, on my own mm -hmm. before I was a property manager Sure, 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 sure. and I got burned all kinds of ways. I mean, it was pretty bad. I had, I had water coming down from a chandelier. I heard, you know, dog died, grandma died, uh, check is in the mail. Um, you know, Oh, did we pay the HOA? I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I literally who pays the taxes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who pays the taxes? Oh, I need a rental license. Maybe who knows it was, you know, that's where my bias comes from. And maybe that's just how I learn is the hard way, but I True. think there's a lot of people out there. That's where my real, um, appreciation for good property. Yes. Comes from. No, no, you're right. I'm just saying that my bias to how important we are definitely come. We, we do have at least a vested interest <laughs> in telling investors that you need to find a good property well, manager. That's all I'm saying about bias. Cause believe me, I mean, the, 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 
the property management lifestyle that I grew up in before I became an actual property manager. I mean, I've been licensed for ever and my family, my family has been in real estate. I mean, as far back as I can remember, and they have always self-managed always. And when I became a property manager, I exclusively did not want to work with my family <laughs> and, and for several reasons, because I mean, mom, if you're listening, I love you. But like their properties are kind of what we were talking about earlier. They're not a targeted investment for any reason. It was, I like this area. I'm going to buy this house because it's a pretty house. It was, oh, I already own this house. I'm going to put my kids in this house, but then I'll keep it as a rental. And like, that's, it's great that that happens. It was great for our family, but it was not like an intentional investment strategy. I'm going to buy this because this is a cash flowing property. I'm going to buy this. This is this kind of, and because of that, the way that they have been managed for 20 years or whatever, oh my God, yeah, probably longer than 20 years, has always been very that, that accidental landlord style of, hey, I'm going to put one tenant in here and they're going to pay the same rent for 10 years. I was just going to say, oh, she's never, she's never raised the rent <laughs> on like any of these people. And that's it. Like it's, there's like, she's making bare minimum off of them. She's like, Oh, well I make that. She, she thinks she doesn't add in or take out maintenance costs or taxes or insurance or mortgage. Cause she paid all cash for all of them, mm -hmm. which is hilarious. I, I get the idea of that, but like, why spend $300,000 of your own money when $300,000 will buy you several properties, but she just buries it all in those properties. And like, they, they are not optimized in any way, shape or form. Because I think that's how most, and they think they, they have always thought like up until I started working in real estate as an adult, like up until then, I really thought, oh, these, you know, they, they understand what they're doing as investors. And then when I started working in investment, I was like, oh, these are not great investments. I sold them the best investment that they own. The best investment that they've ever owned is this property that they bought out of foreclosure um, in this small little country town in Alabama. It's, it's nothingness. I mean, it is, it is kind of close to a small little private college, but they bought it for $40,000. I think they put 15 or $16,000 of work into it. Uh, it's probably worth 110 right now. They've had it forever. It has cash flowed at like, they've made probably 27% cash on cash every year that they've owned it. Yeah. That's that's a nice one. And they've never raised the rent on that same tenant. So they've had the same tenant since they bought it and they've never raised the rent on her. So ever. here's the thing though. Is so that, get a good property manager. Well, yeah, <laughs> duh. Goes without saying. However, <laughs> people don't know what they don't know. So you don't know what the potential is for something like that. You know, it took me personally a long time to understand how, where the value is in leveraging money, mm -hmm. leveraging an asset. I, mm -hmm. It took me a very long time to understand that. And I think the average investor or, or smaller investor mm -hmm. doesn't understand the potential oh, no. that they have. Because they don't want to share their income with a mortgage company, right? That, that's, that's I, th yeah. I think that's what the, that's that mental block in their head. Why would I pay 4.1% on this loan. And the reason why they don't like that is because if they're only making 5% on their, their investment, then 4.1% eats all the profit. And I get that, but there's just better plate there. There's better cap rates. There's way better returns if you understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So 
let's talk about how important that that mortgage person, that funding person is in your team. You've we've got your agent, we've got your property manager. How do you find a mortgage broker or how do you find a lender in general? We're not talking about necessarily always a mortgage. You're not always going to get an FHA back loan if you're on your 15th property, but on your first one, on your very first one, you probably are going to have an FHA back loan. Perhaps. Very, very likely. I mean, w- what do you look for in a lender in your initial investment? Are you, how much does that rate make a big deal to you? Have you, have you ever looked at hard money? Like, I know that's a thing that first time investors really look at. If you have low credit, low income, and you're like, I know this strategy will work. I am willing to do this. I can pony up 10 grand to get myself started on this. I'm, I will look for at a hard money loan. And maybe some of our listeners don't even understand what hard money is, Christine, but what are you looking for in your lender to build that team? Where are you getting your money? What is your first step? I need $180,000 to make this investment, make me a crap load of money. Where do you get the 180 grand? Okay. So what am I trying to accomplish? That's, that's what I'm asking. That's my internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying, okay, do I, is this a flip? Is this something that I'm going to, you know, buy a remodel, Mm -hmm. uh, put a tenant in place, Mm -hmm. refinance, big word for birth, you know, um, what am I, what do I want to do with it? And then I have to match my strategy to the lender. So you're not, you're probably not going to take a hard money loan out, which typically is a shorter repayment period, a higher interest rate. You're not going to do that for a long-term buy. Oh, of course not. I mean, that's doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, but it works really, really well in the Burr strategy. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in the episode that we actually dive into Burr's. I think hard money is probably one of the best solutions for a burr especially getting it initially and absolutely take into consideration how you want to refinance mm-hmm. it. so that's the other thing when i'm looking at a lender um and you know i know what my objective is for that specific property and that you know that project that i'm doing yeah. then i'm looking at i think that's a good term when we're talking about each individual property Yes. That you're, and you can have several strategies. What we talked about earlier, you can have a diverse portfolio of different strategies, but each one of them is a project and a business under their own. But I like the idea of what you just said right there. Like this project is going to be this. Yes. And now, now I've got to build my team for this individual project. Mm-hmm. So then I'm looking at the lender. Can they serve both purposes? Okay. So if I were to use the same lender to acquire the property Um, do I have the ability to use that same lender to refinance it? Mm -hmm. Um, how quickly can I make that happen? You know, what are the guidelines? How efficient are they? You know, all, all of those things are going to be variables in who I choose. Um, I would also say the relationship is really important. And I think investors who have crossed over that, you know, second, third, fourth, 10th, Mm -hmm. 15th property. Yeah they're going to see that the relationship with your lender is imperative. And this goes for, you know, smaller banks, yeah, of course, credit unions, they're like gold mine for trying to get a refi or even mm-hmm. trying to get the initial capital to acquire a smaller project, bigger project. Oh my God. Yeah. It's about the relationship. The, the relationship is such a good point on this. And I'm going to shamelessly plug my friend Derek here, but okay. So Sheena, you know, Sheena, mm-hmm. uh, so Sheena's fiance, Derek, 
is now I'm closer friends with Derek than I am with Sheena and Sheena, if you are listening, I love you. You're awesome. Great and stuff. But like Derek's the man, let me tell you. And like he, Sheena just was like, Hey, you should talk to my fiance, Derek. He's a mortgage lender. Like let's, let's, let's get y'all together and talk. The, The magic that that man has pulled off because of the relationship that we have mm-hmm. is he has gone so much above and beyond what any lender I've ever worked with. I mean, I've been in real estate since 2007. I have worked with a lot of lenders, a lot of mortgage brokers, a lot of people all over the country. Same. And what is the thing that stood out most for me in, in, in I, I, tr- I will throw his name out there for every investor that I work with. Anytime that I'm working with somebody, like, oh, who, who do you suggest? I'm like, and even after I tell them like, you know, a local lender is usually a really good start. That's a good place to go because they like to invest in your area, but also talk to my friend Derek first, <laughs> like every time, because I'm going to tell a little short story here. I was working with an investor um, out of California who is a licensed agent. So why he did this, I will never understand. He was buying two properties. And he was going to buy them all cash. And like, that was originally how we had written the offers. And he's like, you know what? I might actually go with um, a mortgage because I did talk with your friend, Derek, that you threw out there. And I really like what he can do for me. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So we switched the contract over to uh, loans. And then the week before we closed, he bought a car. And what? <laughs> and like, I can remember my very first year in real estate and that's a pretty big no-no. This man is a broker and he's been doing it for years and he knows what's wrong. And it was going to halt the closing. We didn't have like the appraisals were taking too long because he couldn't pick out things. Like it was all like client things that he should have known better because he was a broker, Christine. And yet somehow or another, like, week of closing comes out and I'm pulling my hair out and Derek's like, buddy, I got you. Don't worry. We've got this done. I'll get it buttoned up today. He calls me at the end of the day. Everything's good. We got it. We're closing. And I don't even understand how that was possible, but he got it done. And I, I, I don't even know how, but that's, he, he would not have done that for anybody. Like there's no way he would have been able to do that for just any old person. That was the relationship that we have is what didn't force his hand, but, but gave him that like determination for, I'm going to get this done because Jonathan is my buddy. And I know that this is important. So the other part of that too, is it's not when you're, when you're looking at, you know, building relationships, building your team, it's not nothing. always nothing works out perfectly. I mean, how many times have we had that? Things just don't work out as planned always. So you want, you want a team like a safety net Mm -hmm. that's going to be there to kind of help you pick up the pieces if something does go wrong. Yeah. So, so I think, and we'll, we'll, we'll close this episode out this way. Cause I, I think we've given a lot of good information for how to start this process. And I know we tried to separate them out as step one, two, and three and four, And they are all technically you've got to have your team or at least part of your team. You've got to build Mm -hmm. the base of your team before you can move on to step two. And you, then you've got to build 
your your strategy and and how you want your money to come back on it as step two because you know what your team can do but also all of these steps even though there is a step one two and three they all overlap sometimes you jump from step one to step two and then back to step one again and then over to step three and then back to step two all of these things have to be like simultaneous step one two and three you're doing them all at the same time but if you miss any one of these three first steps build your team, like build your strategy, get your money together. If you don't have those three steps finished, following up on that, turning this into an investment, it's not going to do what in your brain you thought it was going to. You will be disappointed, right? If you, if you can't build a base, if you can't start this out as, all right, Here's my team. Here's my strategy. Here's my funds. If you can't get those together into that little Venn diagram, then nothing is ever going to land in this perfect. And I'm drawing an illustration here that nobody will ever be able to see, but nothing will ever land in this, this perfect target in the middle. Now you might have things that pop around in these ranges and stuff like that. But so many times I've seen people without these like it's talking about precision, right? You understand the concept of precision. Everything is, it might not be completely accurate, not might not hit the bullseye every time, but you're right there around it. Yeah. Even though it's not perfect, it's still good enough because don't let, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. Like uh, that's the analysis paralysis thing that we'll talk about in a much later episode. But yeah. if you don't at least have a target that you're aiming for, if you don't at least have the darts in your hand or whatever you're using to like hit this target, if you don't have all the pieces, then... Like how are you, what, what are you doing? You're, you're all over the place it's a and yeah, it's, it's a dream and it's, and it's a it's good idea. I, I want to invest in real estate. How do, how do I do that? And then you just start throwing money places and then, oh, well, I'm not getting any money back. I've lost this much money. I did this. I, my property manager is not doing the thing that I wanted to do. My agent is not doing this, this, because everything becomes scattered because you start building all these things afterwards. Mm-hmm. When you run into a mistake, you've made the mistake now. Oh, who do I use to fix it? Oh, well, I guess now I got to find these team members. And then you're, you're not going to be happy with the team members because they're, they're going to try and pick up all your pieces, gather it together and make it work. And if you started out on the wrong foot, it's never going to be what you wanted it to be, right? So for the steps of getting started, I want to be a real estate investor. What do I do first? It's this. Yep. Build your team. Absolutely. Oh, are you asking? No. Oh, yeah. It's build your team, build your strategy, get your money. Once that's done, now you can move on to the next steps. Now you can go find your property. Now you can go find your area. But until that's done, you're, you're shooting blind. I agree. I mean, just get yourself plugged in, start, make it happen. Yep. And I, I, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap this episode up. Um, you know, we're, you know, come back next week, come back for the next episode um, we're going to dive much more granularly, granularly, which that's a hard we're word to so say. We're going to get that word at the end Eventually, of this. So it. I hope to, uh, we're, we're going to dive a little bit closer into, you know, every aspect of this. And, and in later episodes, we're going to talk about 
little pieces that we talked about here for you know two or three minutes we'll, we'll talk an hour about them. so so come back you'll you'll hear hear more later um but but thank it thank you everyone for listening uh, uh you know we'll, we'll, we'll see you soon <laughs>